Good morning, Cam. Happy Sunday. Good morning. Uh, How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good. <laughs> this is not going Brand well. New- okay, I'll just gonna <laughs> roll with it. We're going to roll with it. For, for anyone confused, we've just uh, had a couple goes of this intro and it's not going exactly as uh, smoothly as it usually does. So here we are. <laughs> I think it's because I tried to start it. It went poorly. <laughs> but You really want to take over that role from me, eh? Yeah, still that still intro. Trying. Yeah, yeah. How's everything <laughs> on your end? I, you know what? Every time I ask that, it's like there's like sometimes I'm just like, "How are things?" And then you're like, "Well, my updates are," and you know, like because that's kind of the same question, really. But it's like you know, just a quick, you know, how are things? A going? Quick overview. Yeah. Um. Just like, how are you? I mean, I'll Any just funny story like. Oh, funny stories. Not really. I'm just going to rate it like uh, life is like medium, you know, um, we're pretty, we're pretty deep into this whole pandemic scenario at this point. And we're both in <laughs> Toronto. So yeah. lockdown, lockdown, or like, it doesn't really matter if it's a lockdown or not. I just stay home. Um, does it make you question why we live in Toronto anymore? Like, yes. I don't know. It yes. really does for me. Yeah. I spend a lot of time saying that I would like to just move to like a cabin in the woods and I watch many a YouTube videos of people doing this. Um, however, I don't know if I'll feel the same way when the city is actually like providing the benefits that I live here for in the future. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of funny stories, absolutely nothing is coming to mind. Um, what about you? No, not really. Um, I guess the only like <laughs> we've been trying to hang these shelves on our on our walls for like three weeks or or a month basically and each time we go to try it like it's just been one thing after the next like it's (laughs) we found out the whole wall is concrete so then our drill was like dying within like minutes of like trying to remember that so i bought a new drill this thing is really like way better it's like a hammer drill it just flies through concrete but then we (laughs) made holes that like they didn't work with like (laughs) I don't know. It just oh, didn't no. work. Like we needed those concrete, um, you know, screws. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the holes we drilled were too big, and then everything was loose, and we ended up kind of like oh, doing no. some weird shim. But we had these giant holes. Like we we were kind of committed to the <laughs> holes at that point. Um, and then yeah, we finally ordered the right screws. So probably after this call, I'll actually go and like maybe put up some shelves we have one up we have two more to go and i never ever want to drill into concrete again even though yep, I just that's fair. This i've never drill i've never found myself having to do that often i guess when you live in like apartments or or the newer condos though it's all concrete so yeah and like <sighs> i don't know how you repair those holes either like do you just you refill it with concrete like it's hard it's a hard to go back <laughs> on once <laughs> once you've yeah. drilled no i'm not I don't know. I'm not going to worry about that. <laughs> just just, just shimmies all day. Is that what they're called? Shimmies? Shims? Just What's it called? Paint over it. Shim, I guess? Yeah. Or I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, a shiv? No, a shiv is know. like kind of like a, a knife. A is like to <laughs> yeah, stab people. It's just a bit violent. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, yeah, that sounds brutal. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, it is. But yeah, I've not that's done any it. Home so that's the exciting pandemic stories is just around the house chores. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Like, yeah, seriously, I, I, I have a friend who's not at her apartment this weekend. So I just went there and chilled on my own yesterday, which was super nice just because like, 
I don't know. I guess I haven't had alone time in a year. So that's interesting uh, because you just you're in the apartment with your partner nonstop. Right. So, yeah, that was like super relaxing um, and lovely of her to let me use the apartment. Yeah, that's that's interesting because, yeah, even though you have different rooms you can be in, you're still in the same place all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like somewhat of a of a different feeling. And like we do have space to be in different rooms. But yeah, there's like something about just full solitude and being fully alone, which is nice. Amen. Cool. So, I mean, I guess I'd love to hear any updates you have. I don't really know what's going on with like work or hopscotch. We haven't talked in, I guess, three weeks now. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I know. It feels like forever. Um, Let's see. Contract stuff is wrapping up. This will be my last kind of week of a uh, half week of doing some work there. Um, wow. Yeah. So that is, yeah. Like, I don't think we're going to extend it. Um, they have some other people who have like joined on in, in helping on the contract as well, like on some projects as well. So I think they probably mm-hmm. are extended a bit more and I'm okay with this. Like, um, we'll get more time to work on hopscotch. Cool. So yeah. So that's coming to a close i did have a couple like i have one call coming up with a potential um freelance client um that i got connected with recently and i had a couple of those recently too just to suss them out but like nothing that is really a good fit so far so you know we'll see there might be another part-time contract in the future i i really i don't mind doing it And like in terms of doing freelance, I know the kind of style of contract you just did was at a larger company. So you kind of did full days with all of the people who were full-time employees. So it's like, you know, let's say like a nine to five, either full-time or part-time for a period of time. And then there's freelancing or like maybe you're just taking on a project for someone and you can kind of work your own hours. You just have to get things done by certain deadlines. Which do you prefer out of those? Or like, does it matter to you? I think they're like, if I were continuing to dedicate myself to like the freelancing craft basically or like this mm-hmm. like that was my what I wanted to go and do I would probably lean more towards project based uh and right. like a set amount and like really narrowing in on that but because I you know don't want to like really focus on that like and just take on tons of projects like I think that I prefer kind of just the hourly sometimes unless mm-hmm. it, it's just really hard to like come to a an agreement on like it's it's harder than maybe it sounds to just do like value-based pricing it's like well what's the value right. to the person and you can ask them for their budget or you can ask like what they've previously spent on projects like this or like you can you can find ways to figure that out but you can also mess it up pretty hard and like end up kind of shooting yourself in the foot where like maybe you underestimate severely because there's like one issue with a library that like takes five days to solve or something and you know yeah so for me like it is simplest just to do hourly but I will sometimes you know push for doing a project but I'll usually just say like yeah I need to make sure but like when I do that, I just need to make sure it's like worth my time. And so I always yeah. add it extra just because like, um, you know, I want to be safe on, on my end. 
and I don't think I go overboard in terms of like what I propose, but right. Um, but yeah, usually I tend to take on work that is, um, just like a a trust kind of situation at a really you know at a decent hourly rate. Makes but, sense. Um, yeah. But go ahead. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. You're you're done this contract. So how are you feeling about that? Like, are, are you? leaning towards just taking some time without freelancing or you're just going to see how this next call goes and decide from there? I don't know. Yeah, I kind of was excited about not having anything on my plate. Um, Mm -hmm. But then my kind of like monkey brain is always like, hey, just uh, like there's more opportunity for actual real money to come in. Right. And so I, you know, I tell myself like, oh, I won't you know, I'll probably just go and focus on my own thing. But you also just don't know when these opportunities come up. And they do come up like often enough. Um, but so I'll so I'll usually entertain them, but then just see if it's a good fit or not. It really has to be a good right. fit if I'm gonna take it on. So I Yeah, think- this is definitely um something that you have struggled with over and over of like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take some time and do no freelancing. Oh, but maybe I'll do some freelancing. Um and I would just um try to boost your confidence in that like you should have certainty that these these things will keep coming up people's development needs are not going away so like if you say no for a period of time i'm certain that there will be work for you um when you decide that you want it just i know i I know it's true i don't know why um but yeah it's it's also like part of it is like you want to help people out like uh you know that are trying to get something done because some people i do know through friends or you know have Mm -hmm. been introduced and like they're you know but yeah it's not it's not like i have to help people but i do also like helping and like you know it can be fun on the right project i have a lot of fun doing freelance stuff too um it just yeah i do have a lot going on outside of it so um you know but there's a lot of value to like not burning cash and and actually having money totally. coming in to like offset your expenses and you know stay cash flow positive um instead of just like freaking out that i only have x months of runway left uh, before i have right. to like get something out so but at this time i do need to really build a lot for hopscotch so it would probably be quite beneficial to focus on that yeah i mean i see both sides of it i'm not pressuring you either way um i agree pros and cons to both yeah, we'll see where it goes. I'll always have the conversation because it's just like, if anything, it's a new contact that w- like might right. reach out in the future or something. Um, and so, yeah, I guess going from that, um, I have like into the hopscotch front, I've been pretty furiously working away. I mean, not furiously. I've been happy, <laughs> happily working away. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, furious. Yeah, just like mad. Uh, typing um which is another story i'll get into but um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i've been working away pretty hard on like the actual app mvp and trying to get something together and you know i just yeah i've gotten a lot done i've written down like a few of the things in the past few weeks of just um like getting multiple page tours so that you can like have tours that go from one page to a neck to another in your application and that works seamlessly which was you know kind of tricky to solve actually when you just like the really rough thing prototype that i put together only worked on the same page and like Mm -hmm. when you have to share state across multiple pages it gets challenging so that um i had to 
well, I didn't have to, but I did some design work on just overall making the dashboard like forms look a bit better and kind of work like sometimes I'll just do this stuff in the browser, but this really required me to like think through some of the the user experience flows and right. I find like it's just easier to move some squares around in in Figma rather which is a design app rather than yeah. do it all code it and then realize I'm making a big mistake or something and take another it takes longer to undo those changes so yeah I got a lot of design work done which to be honest like anytime I go into like I do like designing um mm-hmm. but I'm slow at it and I also just feel like I just want it I want to be done every time I go yeah. do it. I'm just like, I want to be done with this so I can go implement it. But I really am finding I need to like give myself more permission to like, I don't know, learn that process better and kind of mm-hmm. treat it like it is a full, you know, part of the job and like really give it the time it deserves. Um, it's just hard when you're, yeah, trying to ship something really quickly. And, uh, but yeah, I also don't, I think the app that I'm building is kind of in this space where looks matter, you know, like in right. especially like w- what's on my the end users um, app like that really matters. But even the experience of inside the dashboard when you're building tours and things, it needs to be intuitive and like it's going to be used by people who are, um, you know, product manager type of people who have a right. keen eye for this stuff and and want to make their apps look good. So I think that's, I think good design actually goes a long way for trust building and for even just like a good experience. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a good user experience just because you make it look nice. But I I really think it can help to just buy you some easy authority um, that (laughs) otherwise, you know, might be like, I don't know, this is real clunky and like, looks like it's from the 90s like i i usually avoid products like that you know because right and i think it's interesting because like essentially tours you're selling the idea of making user experience better for people visiting their website so when people are using your dashboard they're going to have a certain level of expectation of um you know the level of user experience to expect because like it's it's embedded in what you do right or it should be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so so there's a lot going on just thinking through that and and that's an interesting point too is like I'm actually wondering how much to utilize the tours within my app versus just the kind of the demo on the site to be honest like normally I wouldn't need to do this in a in this app because it's pretty narrow scope it's like you go mm-hmm. you have tours and you build a tour and there's not much more beyond that so like I actually don't think that there's too much value in showcasing it aside from just showing how you could use the product but that might be better done outside of the app um and so i'm I'm thinking through that as well it's um because i don't know i don't like when these things just get in your way for the wrong reason and actually mm-hmm. that leads to my next thing which i've been talking to a lot of you know or not a lot of customers but i've probably talked to three or four people in the past few weeks um, jumped on some calls with people who signed up for early access and asked them, you know, variety of questions. And one thing that ke- kept coming up is like, um, is yeah, like a, a lot of people don't 
you know, feel great about these tours and and they close them. Uh, and and I agree completely because I think like they they can come up at the wrong time. So a lot of it, when I dig into that more, it comes down to like timing. Maybe it's the person's first time in the app and mm-hmm. they just want to go and poke around. But then there's no way to like resurface those things. And so that's something yeah. I'm really thinking about is like getting that information at the right time or having access to it when you want it which yeah. I've found in my experience using product tours or any type of like walkthrough, it's nice to just have the option when you need it. So I'm really yeah, thinking about that. Um, and yeah, what else? Talking to them. Um, yeah, I, I found some other interesting, um, like s- something that I guess I'm finding some verbiage to use as well. Like, self-guided onboarding and like just words that these uh potential customers are using to describe this situation i'm kind of noting them down because that's the type of stuff that people will be searching for you know and like looking Mm -hmm. for as opposed to like the term product tours and it helps you when you want to like start blogging about content or like what writing to use on the landing page to like communicate with uh with them and um and equally like so to the point about <laughs> to the point about um not like people not wanting to to use the tours like you can address these concerns directly on a landing page of like why you may not want to use this you know and then you can right. like you you can just co- i th- i forget the name of the strategy but you just like um any objections you call them out right on the page and then answer what your responses to that and so it Mm kind of just like solves those blockers for why people would not want to choose your product um right and i don't mean to like in some sneaky way of just like well we you know we do some sneaky snake oil (laughs) type thing like just come clean about why you might want to use this why you might not and like really just narrow your audience based on that and speak to your potential customer yeah, I think as if I think if somebody had like a like it's not for you if and it was genuine, like there were genuine use cases where it was like, you know, it actually probably doesn't make sense for this and it wasn't some type of like condescending like it's not for you if you're not like a cool product manager. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be people who do the approach of just like yeah. putting dumb stuff in like a section like that, but I think if it's genuine it actually helps build trust and and it helps people be reflective about like is this the product for me? Um, it's like yeah. It's not for you if you don't want your users to succeed. <laughs> like right, know, right, right. Of, that, like that kind of yeah. stuff. I would just be like, oh, okay, you're. This is annoying. <laughs> yeah, but like legitimately, like you know, this wouldn't be for you if maybe you are a developer and you want to build something yourself and you um like have people on board that can you know take their time to work on this. Whereas mm-hmm. it might be for you if you are a growing team you have i don't know five to ten people and your engineering resources are constrained and you want to do some uh testing for better onboard experiences then you can start like playing with a tool like this without having to get your en- engineering team involved and so that right. you know just understanding those um objections that people may have and like or even just filters and make sure that I'm filtering the right um, audience. Right now, I have on the landing page like 
for indie startups is kind of the tagline, but I'm thinking of uh, I'm going to broaden that just to for maybe growing startups or for mm-hmm. uh, and then maybe I still really like the indie part of it of like independent bootstrapped. Uh, I want to fit that in somewhere, but I think that probably leans more into the pricing models. Um, so that's something I'm thinking through of just um, instead of niching too much right now, um, kind of seeing who is interested in using the product because I don't want to just like narrow in away from potential audiences um, that maybe it's a better fit for. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because I I I wonder if you lean towards like the if you're if to some degree you're leaning towards like the indie environment because it's like what resonates with you and where you're at and what you want to do because from my perspective going through like incubators and accelerators in Toronto for startups there's a the the percentage of people who want to be like venture backed invested in whatever is like very high and a lot of these are not like massive startups but that's where their heads at so I I I wonder by marketing in the other way, like we're just for indie bootstrap people that like it could be a a turnoff for them. And I actually think there's like a a huge market in terms of startups that are still quite small, but they're trying to get to like that investment, um, whatever kind it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I probably am. I've been listening a bit to April Dunford's obviously awesome book, which is a a book on positioning and within the first couple of chapters, it kind of answered the que- some of the questions that I've been having around like, well, what if you're just get- getting started? Because a lot of this like feedback or a lot of this advice goes to maybe once you're a bit further down the road and doing a positioning exercise. And her advice right. was exactly this, like keep it broad to start, especially if you have multiple, I don't know, um, verticals that you could go into or multiple uh, audiences that you're serving, um, then, you know, keep it broad and then narrow in based on those conversations of who you actually talk to getting in your app. And so, yeah, um, that's funny. I, I went to a, a session with her at, at DMZ actually. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. She's in, yeah, based yeah, yeah. in Toronto. Oh, is she? Realize. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. She's great. Like, yeah, I, I learned a lot from, um, from her on positioning. Obviously she wrote a book about it, but yeah, yeah, she's, she is great and she's pretty funny. I don't know. She's like, I like her and she's like in the kind of whole micro conf indie community, actually like oh, uh, cool. pretty tightly embedded in that. And th- so that was kind of how I discovered that book uh, originally. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking that pricing, if I like kind of shift that down to the pricing part, then I can cover all those grounds and kind of have like the solopreneur plan or the indie plan or the bootstrapper plan and the startup plan, you know, or the like, like, I don't think I'll do a talk to us plan. I want to be transparent with like pricing, but then I can kind of identify some better fits of customers through those segments and then, and then further refine from there. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, so thinking a bit through that, and um, let's see what else. Yeah, I'm just working on a lot of stuff in the app of like authorization, making sure that like my you know I have user accounts that can't see other users' data. Um, being the whole tour building flow, but within the dashboard of being able to build a tour and add the steps to it. I'm working through how to do that with like a preview beside it to show you what the, you know, um, what the tour will look like on your site. 
Um, this is kind right. of a stopgap until I'm able to do kind of a tour building experience built on top of your application. Um, but, you know, I think it's kind of, it's cool because I'll be able to share what I do here or pull some of it out and into what I eventually build. So it's not like do one thing and then throw it away. It should be kind of progressively um, getting to where I want to be with this. Um, gotcha. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. And um, I mean, yeah, sounds like there's a lot on the, a lot on the go. Yeah, there's there's a lot there. Um, and then I also, I just had a, like, I don't know, Twitter continues to just amaze me with, like, the connections and everything that you can make on there if you're using it right. Um, you know, it, it comes with its downfalls, which I think I mentioned in every episode of just, like, <laughs> the distraction and everything. And I've actually been slightly less, like, active on posting and stuff because I'm trying to just not have my... Like, I'm trying to have my focus days to really, like, think through these, like, hard problems and, and try right. to keep away from the distraction of Twitter. But, but yeah, like, one example, I connected with someone who's, like, in the onboarding space. I had followed them for a bit, and then they were looking for some help on the JavaScript side of things. Um, and so, you know, I was just like, hey, like, I'll hop on a call, and, like, if you need any help, like, learning JavaScript, yeah i'm mm -hmm. i'm your guy and um <laughs> and likewise you know i was just kind of like because he was looking for a coach to hire and i said i don't really you know want to like it It doesn't mean like i don't need to do a hiring thing but i I've, i'm working directly in your space and in onboarding yeah. and so you know even just like any sharing back and forth of knowledge would be like super cool and i, I just think it's amazing because this would have never come up you know and this kind of right. goes to like I don't know, um, your like luck surface area that you get from being in the right places and like being active online and just like, you know, you put yourself out there more and more and more things are going to come your way. Um, and yeah. I'm finding that definitely a lot with, um, with Twitter because that's where like this audience, not audience, but that's where this group of like-minded people is hanging out and it's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it makes a big difference too if you are kind of like working at a really small startup or working on your own kind of as you are right now. I noticed even like or especially like, you know, in, in the remoteness that we are right now, I noticed for me like coming from a really small startup and working there for like three years, the amount of connections that I was making was kind of decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. And it and joining a larger company now, there's so many people that I'm learning from and connecting with over like both work-related and non-work-related things. But I think like, yeah, what you're describing is something I never considered that that's also a space where if you are a little bit more isolated that you can make those connections and learn from people um, in like a fun way. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like even uh, like, you know, I might set up a call like, kind of ongoing call with someone else who's like a solo indie hacker type, you know, just every couple of weeks because we're building in isolation and like, mm -hmm. it's just nice to have conversations about like what problems you're facing and, and just like have people to talk with. And, you know, it kind of goes to that whole, like when I was trying to find a co-founder, like um, you have someone else to like think through these problems with, but, um, right. but you can still achieve that in different ways. It's just, you have to be a bit creative and there are like certain, uh, you can find like co community platforms even that are, like kind of have cohorts of 
founders that like you move along in almost like Y Combinator or yeah. Tiny Seed and these things that like move you along as a batch. But you can self-organize this too and just go and meet some people. And like it does feel like I'm in this little cohort of people that are trying to like move like in the zero stage trying to move to one. Mm -hmm. And it's been cool just to see you know, when I put up a problem, how they've thought of it before or they're thinking through it or they're following along because they're interested in it. Right. It's, I don't know. It's really cool. It's uh, Yeah, that's awesome. I, I don't think like, I've ever seen that in social media to the point of like how helpful it, it could actually be. Yeah. Yeah. Cam, he's uh, you, you came a long way from not using Twitter to like being where you're at with it. It's been a journey. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely has. But when I think, yeah, I just didn't understand it. I, you know, I would like tweet like, oh, I hate Rogers. The internet sucks or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's yep. not helpful, useful. <laughs> nobody cares. So, yep, yeah, I hear you. But also effective. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it can be. Um, I guess the only last thing I'll mention here is that I got a new keyboard that is like a split keyboard and I've been trying to learn to type. And it's been right. pretty hard to do uh, that while trying to move quickly on building a startup. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just let me just decrease. Let me just decrease my efficiency. <laughs> yeah, like basically, like just right? Throw, yeah, exactly. Just throw <laughs> a major wrench into the situation. But it did make me like learn how to use this keyboard, like to put a lot of time towards learning how to type with it and stuff because yeah. like I need to be productive with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so it's coming along, but it's been a fun experience. I'm, I'm definitely like pa surpassed my words per minute count now of where I ever could have been like when I started this like typing thing on my old keyboard and I don't know, just learn, uh, you know, you saw me learn how to touch type around Christmas because I just was like, yeah bored at my parents house and um and i feel like it's coming a long way my goal is to get to like 80 or 100 words per minute like somewhere that's like that i'd be happy to reach that on a yeah maybe somewhat consistent basis and then kind of like back off um back off the gas on that and so do you just keep testing yourself to get your current rate or do you have something running while you're coding to like what it, how are you calculating this specifically that's for like testing for like yeah these like sites i i've been using something called monkey type just to like you know figure out the words per minute which i don't i don't really care about exactly the words per minute there i also i need to find some there are some testing sites for coding specifically so you get better with oh, okay. symbols and stuff but like right i also just learn through coding like it's like go yeah. type this code it's like well i have to right. go type this other code anyway so yeah i may yeah, as yeah. well go and do that and i may um, as well do the work yeah yeah and learn from that but like really the testing site is helping me with like you know consistency of like hitting certain keys and consistency of like so like you this site you can go through the whole you know 30 seconds and then after you can practice any words that you messed up on and so right you can like go and like certain keys i just like suck at uh x and <laughs> yeah. c and like you know they're just in a weird place and so uh so i just go back and like practice usually end up practicing words that have those letters in it and i don't know it's at this point where it like it's actually super fun to like be typing rather yeah. than before it was I never found any joy in typing because I would be kind of like 
yeah, hunting around for it. Not really looking at the keyboard, but like n- pretty like just going about. I don't know. It just feels like a way different experience when you start using yeah. the keyboard properly. That's awesome, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see how the journey keeps going, and I'm rooting for you to hit that 8200. Yeah, I got to 72 yesterday, Ooh, which it's pretty close. Is close, yeah. yeah but I, I think I'm capped out at like I don't even think I can read that fast. Like that, you got to read the letters right. on the screen. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, I start <laughs> drifting and thinking about other crap. So yeah, and then I'm like, wake up and I'm at the end of the test. So probably need to work on my focus. Um, well, it's a tricky one. Yeah. So that's that's it for me. Um, how are things going on your end? Well, um, so last week I actually like around family day for anyone who's not in Canada or Ontario, we had family day on the 15th which was like the day after valentine's day we have it every february um i took some extra days off around that so i was off work from like the thursday before all the like all the way up until including the tuesday so i had like six days off which was really nice um and diego took some time off as well so we were able to actually like spend some time working on very preliminary stuff for the slack app um which for anyone who doesn't remember because i talk about a lot of random things um, the idea is that it is supposed to facilitate uh, teams to set up rotations for individuals to take on facilitation of different meetings. Um, this is especially relevant for teams who have like repeating ceremonies, like if they're scrum ceremonies and they might not have, um, you know, uh, an agile coach or a scrum master or one person who's always facilitating. Anyways. Um, so basically, uh, kind of the first thing that we did was just like going through some more of the Slack tutorials and like setting up their apps, like their demo apps using the tutorials just to understand how like the different types of commands work and things like that. Um, There's like kind of a big like changeover in Slack where like all apps used to really kind of be built using slash commands. So like backslash and then you put in whatever the command is. And now it's really shifted over to like actually using what they call blocks, but essentially like modals within the app. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a bit more user friendly for, let's say like non technical people, I guess um, not that you need to be technical to use slash commands, but it's just a more user friendly interface or. Um, yeah. I remember less- seeing them s- switch over to that and like, yeah, for the most part, it does feel like a good shift because you don't have to remember, like type everything out super accurately in the right order and stuff like you might type one command and then it pops up with a dialogue and you start interfacing or interacting from that right and things like exist more in in an app fashion within slack now too like they have their own home page kind of within slack um Hmm. where in some cases you can actually interact with the app um or initiate commands from kind of the home page you can also just initiate commands from different chats or channels or whatever it is um so all of that being said it's tricky when you look at tutorials online because it's kind of like also a mishmash between old and new and slack's documentation is also a bit confusing in terms of old and new so that's just been like a bit to wrap our heads around um right so anyways we did we like it's all fine and well basically in terms of kind of what we're trying to build out it's interesting because uh, there's a lot of apps for which I prefer slash commands just because I've learned them so well that it's actually faster for me to use slash commands. Mm-hmm. But because Slack is obviously moving towards this more like UI 
based app building. Um, that's the direction that we're, we're going in. It doesn't make sense to try to build a slash command app. Um, Can you, you would have to do completely separate. Is that like kind of what you're saying? Like, is there a way no, to do? You can, it seems like you can kind of have both, but then it's a sen- like, then it's also a lot more work to build out both. Um, right. So from our perspective, we're probably just going to go the UI way also because like it's it's almost this is an app where the ui components might actually make it easier because you're like selecting users and setting time and setting frequency and things like that so it's a lot of data to type into a command basically i feel the same as you in that like yeah i often prefer these you know where it can be text-based or you know and i don't have to go and drag stuff around and you know drop down boxes and things like that um and, and even like with hopscotch, I, I, you know, it would actually be easier for me to to build something that is like for other developers than mm-hmm. building everything in options in the UI and stuff. Um, right. Which is interesting. But I do. But then you think about like where your market is and like who they generally are and like what they prefer. And that's what you really need to like understand, I guess, is like yeah. where, where meet them where they are. Exactly. And also just go where kind of the whole app is going. So like if, if, if that eventually they're probably really not going to support slash command bots and apps in the way that they used to, I yeah, imagine. Went, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, okay. So we went through kind of all of that. We also took some time just to previously we had looked at like a bunch of features and similar, but not exactly the same app. So we had a list of those and basically we went through just an exercise converting those into user stories and prioritizing like what is actually the most basic MVP that we could put together in terms of functionality and user stories. Uh, it's interesting because uh, when you're building an app that needs to be distributed on a platform, uh, like thinking about an MVP, we might like probably at what we consider MVP is not a point at which our app would be, would be like approved to be distributed on Slack. Like they have a much higher standard of like quality and functionality and what things need to do. But for our purposes Mm -hmm. of development and testing, um, we understand kind of what our like base user stories would be for an MVP. You can still install the app like in your own workspace. You can still just distribute it to other workplace workspaces, but you can't, like you have to actually get accepted to be in Slack's app directory. And they have like, I don't know, lots of objective and subjective things around accepting apps. So have you been um, listening to the software social podcast here and there, all? but not heavily. Yeah. I, I guess it just reminds me of like, um, Colleen is like doing this file uploader in the Heroku right. app store and has to get like a hundred people using it before they'll like put it on, I don't know, before you can like start taking payments and like there's all the, I guess this is kind of the stuff that, yeah, you end up getting kind of like the, it's the platform risk or you're kind of like stuck with um, the rules there. Or like if they make this big change to a new UI thing, like blocks becomes triangles and you're like, well, shit, we better like move everything to triangles now. Um, Exactly. It's just one of those things that you, yeah, unfortunately have to deal with, but but it also opens up like a world of hopefully um, people like discovering your app through this um, through the integrations. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting because also like it's resulted in taking a lot of time to understand ahead of time. What are their acceptance criteria, both from like a technical and non-technical standpoint? 
like some things I don't even understand. And so I'm just kind of like, Diego, these seem like technical implications that you'll probably need to take into consideration now. Otherwise, you'll probably you'll probably end up in a corner if you don't. Right. So mm-hmm. um, anyways, that's been uh, interesting. So we, we did that exercise. And then basically, from my perspective from there, the only thing that I've been working on is so Slack actually, this is interesting when you were talking about designing in Figma versus actually like just building it on a web page. So Slack kind of has both options. They have a block kit builder where you can do kind of like drag and drop, but it generates all of the JSON behind that. So then you can manipulate mm-hmm. it within the JSON. I've um, used that. It's oh, actually pretty cool how you can do that. Yeah, it is. and But you can also do it. You could also do it in Figma. Like they have a whole kind of like kit for that as well. So interestingly, like using the block kit, it's both user-friendly and not like it at first glance, it appears to be very user-friendly, but then there's like a lot of things that just like don't work and the errors are not super helpful. Like, you don't really know why it's not working or what the implication is. Um, but I've been trying to just put together the different blocks and what they call like surfaces. So your app homepage, your onboarding experience, things like that within um, the block kit. But I'm also kind of like going back and forth of just trying to do it in Figma. The thing is, I don't have a lot of experience with Figma. And I'm afraid that I will build things in Figma that I actually won't be able to replicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Using JSON. Do you know what I mean? Because you have more freedom. Yeah, like you're in like, Figma. oh, I just move this over here and like, yeah, like decorate pfft. it with this. Yeah. And it's like, no, right. you can't actually do any of that. Like, yeah, because it's constrained to the very specific json format um, right yeah. and so i feel like for that reason and given my like current elementary understanding of like what is allowed and what is not it's probably better to just do it with the block kit builder um and so i've been just kind of also looking at some of some of slack's experiences in terms of um how they use block kit within slack and then a few other apps It's interesting because Slack gives themselves options with their blocks that they don't give users of their blocks. So like they have a lot more Mm. autonomy over how layouts look or how they can structure things. And these are not things that are all available to a user of their kit right now, Um, which is a bit frustrating. But I also understand that they're like testing things on their side before probably making it widespread available. Um, So, yeah, it's not been. Go ahead. Like. This also reminds me of in there's another podcast where I get just all my information from is these bootstrapper podcasts, but this mm-hmm. uh, product journey podcast where Noah was building something in the Slack app store and oh, okay. it had, he wanted to do charts and stuff. And I think what he had to end up doing was like generating like uh, an image on the server and then sending that down because there's not really a way to like embed things like there's like you can do workarounds and stuff but yeah so you have to kind of find like creative ways to go about it and like so yeah if you really want to like i don't know stretch the limits on it it's almost like when you're trying to build like in in notion with like what is it super or something like you have to like use these like embed tools and things like that to like get it to be the next level that you would want exactly so, yeah you yeah it's, it's interesting it. like the one thing that i was struggling with because obviously there's a, a major scheduling component to what we're doing is like there's a pretty accepted standard for how people schedule recurring things and the pattern is usually like the text will be something like every and then a colon and you'll have two two fields and the first one will you'll specify a number so it would be like 
five or seven. And the next one, you'll specify like days, weeks, months, etc. And there's, there's a visual way that that makes sense. There's a visual way that people are used to that. Slack actually has it built into their own workflow kind of app within Slack. But the way that their UI kit works is like you can only really stack things vertically. I can't like put fields side by side. I can't like isolate a title for two things. So it's kind of like, or maybe I can and I'm just like failing at it right now, but it's, it's, they've put a lot of, um, rails around what you can do so that there's this like uniform user experience which makes sense but i'm just trying to figure out um yeah i'm just trying to figure it all out right now really i am i can imagine like the reason for that being like you want it to work everything to work on mobile because like half of people are checking on mobile and so like if they make these like you know side by side blocks like that opens up a whole can of worms as to how to do that yeah it's interesting because other ones are allowed to be side by side so like i don't i don't really know what the full reasoning is but but there's probably Mm. like some element to truth of truth in in what you're saying for sure um yeah so that's kind of what i was working on last week and diego is more working on think lots of things that i don't fully understand just in terms of like how to actually like get the beginnings of the app set up um so yeah I, i obviously can't dig into too much detail there um but yeah i think one thing that you realize is like once you get into it, a seemingly simple app, there's so much more to it. Even just like beyond the app and even like figuring out things like pricing and marketing. It's also like you need like a payment system if you ever want people to pay for these kinds of things. And like you actually need a marketing website. So there's like a lot of work outside of even just building the app functionality itself, which I guess is state the obvious. But you start realizing as you're like, working on one thing and then something comes up and you put that over on the like to consider list and that list just keeps like growing and growing. So yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's interesting. It is. And yeah, it's definitely, I think it's a great learning experience and like, you know, whether you, you know, it'll show whether you like it or not. Like uh, if you, right. you know, cause it is, you know, it's easy to say like, I just want to build an app and you know, it sounds like we've, you know, been I've been there in the past before I knew how to develop stuff and just been like it's simple just like move this square over there and like <laughs> yeah um but <laughs> how much like work goes into making that uh cohesive experience is like right real yeah it's it's crazy um or it's wild it's yeah it's something I I don't know I still enjoy it but yeah it's uh really demanding uh, and just like a slow moving process especially as a solo person or even if there are two of you like there's still so much that needs to be done there to move that right rock forward so yeah so yeah i mean that's kind of it for me um we're we're not working furiously as you are it's kind of just like in like pockets here (laughs) and there of of time and where there's time and where there's energy because you know we both are working full time as well as you know um but yeah uh i'm excited to keep kind of like just like chipping away at it when that time and energy um, is there. I'm not in a rush, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's the right approach. Definitely. Cool. Um, yeah, there's nothing else really from me. Uh, I don't feel like there's any super interesting um, like day job work updates. So I'll skip that for this week. Sounds good. Well, I guess with that, we, oh, actually one thing I remembered <laughs> that, that podcast, uh, social uh, uh, software, social? software social yeah i i'm sponsoring 
a couple episodes of theirs. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Oh, I'm excited I to, to uh, that. see that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it'll, I, I set it in like April, like mid to late April. I forget the exact date, but like it kind of gives me an absolute deadline that I need to have like some something ready, at least if I'm yeah. going to be like doing some sponsorships. And I'm considering doing some other sponsorships as part of like a, you know, get this out the door and drive some traffic campaign so yeah that's and awesome. i just remember that as we were talking so cool i'll have yeah. to check it out when it's on there i'm also so curious for other people who do these like smaller kind of update podcasts what their viewership looks like just out of curiosity not like out of competition but i, I gather you'll get those inside <laughs> deets because you're um you're yeah, advertising they, they, they did share it publicly like on the post so uh, yeah they oh, say I they see, get about 500 plus people oh, wow. listening per episode which yeah cool is definitely more than we got <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah that's okay it's not a competition yeah, yeah like you said awesome. not a competition but we will win um <laughs> <laughs> just so you know no, i'm just kidding if the um, app's not ready i'm just gonna advertise work pals and <laughs> tell everyone to come <laughs> over and listen to us <laughs> oh gosh too good okay well Wanna i mean to i guess a better I'll... podcast <laughs> jk um, i love software yeah, I know, social. it's like yeah they're great amazing um cool so i mean yeah i'll let you go but if anyone's uh looking to find us you can find us on twitter at work pals okay bye bye take care